All righty, everyone. We are back this time on a Wednesday with another episode of Seminole Sideline 365. As always, my name is KB. And with me, as always, is the oldest living Florida State fan of the list, <laughs> uh, that we know still living. And that is Bruce, a.k.a. the old man. How's it going? How's it going on your end? I'm always working out, man. I'm always taking advantage of time. You always have to take advantage of time there, KB. Two and a half pound weights are the way to go, right? Hey, don't don't knock it. Don't knock it if you haven't tried it, mister. All right? Just like to know, hey, got the arrow. The climb continues, baby. The climb continues, and it's going to continue into Saturday. Yep, after a uh, big win last week over Syracuse. Uh, you know, not much to take away from that game. We'll, we'll do some final thoughts before we get into Well, our, I think there are. I think there I, are some things to I, take away. Yeah. What do you, what do you, you don't just say we there's think, nothing think, to take away. I we can talk about that, but like I said, just yeah. to post it, we'll go through a couple of quick thoughts on that matchup. We won't dive too in, deep into it since we did our instant reaction on Saturday. Uh, but like I said, we'll do some key takeaways from that game. Uh, then we have a special guest uh, from the Raging Cajun. Yeah, can't uh, wait their, for that. Can't wait for that. Their network. Uh, we'll have Nick on who will bring his perspective uh, from the Louisiana side uh, and give us their breakdown of what we should expect from uh, their game plan coming into Saturday's matchup at Doe Campbell. Uh, so we're uh, excited for that. So we'll get that started at around 845 um, Eastern. So, uh, and then at the end, as always, we'll do our, our uh, weather report and four uh, game prediction uh, from across the country. So stick around for that. Uh, we have a guest picker uh, on board for that at the end of the show. So you'll want to stick in for that. But uh, how's, how's everything on your end? How, well, you know, and, everything's good, but I want to start the show. I want to start the show. I know you do too. And, all our uh, thoughts and prayers go out to the University of Virginia campus mm-hmm. families, and especially uh, the families of the deceased and injured in that tragic event that took place uh, late Sunday evening, mm-hmm. uh, the shooting that took place, that took the lives of, of three UVA student athletes uh, and it's just tragic. And, and, you know, and they did arrest the shooter. Uh, he was a former member of the football team. He was, uh, I guess, an active student at UVA. And the whole thing is tragic. And we can't understand even the why of something like this happening. Yeah. And, it's... you know, we're not, we're not here to do the investigation. Uh, we leave that to the more competent people than ourselves. But it, it's it's a shame, and it's it has created uh, you know a, a, a real tragedy on that campus and in that city of Charlottesville, Virginia, which is a wonderful place, a great student athlete campus and 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 city itself. If you've never been there, for anybody that's listening hasn't been there, you really need to take a trip uh, to Charlottesville. So our hearts and prayers. Uh, go out to everyone that's been affected there. And uh, uh, we know it's going to be a tough time. Virginia Tech at Blacksburg several years back went through a, a very similar mass shooting tragedy down there. And I know how much that a neg- a, you know negatively impacted them as well. So hearts and prayers out to UVA. Uh, uh, well said, and and like you like you stated, it, it does affect the community. I, I live in the DC metro area, and a lot of alumni from that school. And no matter if they were student athletes or not, it's still a, a terrible situation all around. And uh, like you said, uh, prayers to the families, and uh, you know, 
give them time to heal. They've canceled this weekend's game uh, at home. And rightfully uh, so. Yeah. And, you know, well, you know, it's still up in the air if they'll play that rivalry game over Thanksgiving for with Virginia Tech. But obviously that's not the priority at this time right. for, for that team and those players. So, um, yeah. So um, with that said, uh, let's let's dive right into, uh, you know, takeaways from the Syracuse game. Uh, as we all know, that was a you know a, a dominating performance by Florida State last weekend, uh, going to the dome and just dominating from every phase of the game, offense, defense, special teams. Uh, you really took it to Syracuse, thirty-eight to three. Didn't give up. You you know haven't given up a touchdown uh, in two straight games. Uh, probably could have that streak could be three weeks if if you tried. Probably a little bit harder against Georgia Tech as well. But you know for the last three weeks you've been dominant on defense, which is helps your offense uh, to play loose and open up the playbook. Um, so right now we're seeing this team, uh, you know, uh, accelerate or, or basically all cylinders are, are moving forward, which is something that I think we didn't see during that middle stretch of the schedule. Uh, but focusing on Syracuse, I, I think the biggest takeaway, one of my biggest takeaways for me is that we're finally seeing Trey get the touches he deserves and, and we're starting to see that star emerge. You know, Syracuse came into this game as, uh, you know, a top 15 top 20 defense, um, something that, you know, they were, you know, they started the season six and oh, we know they are a little bit banged up, but they had, they were, they had a pretty decent defense. And we thought it may be a, a little bit of a back and forth uh, was seeing if we could get some penetration uh, against our defense. And, you know, once again, Trey Benson named ACC running back, uh, you know, player of the week, uh, getting that honor. And, and he showed it. He got 18 plus carries, you know, almost, he was averaging almost nine yards per carry per rush. I don't know how many missed tackles he had, um, you know, how many defenders he, he just basically blew through uh, those arm tackles. He, he's he's shown us. I one, one thing he's shown me is that he could go to Sunday if he decides to. He could declare um, based Let's on his injury history. It. Let's hope he doesn't. But based on his injury history and what he's had to gone, uh, go through yeah. just to get to this point, um, I, I think he's putting enough on tape. And if he finishes out the season the way he's been playing most recently and he continues to get the touches. I, I don't think it would be a surprise, but he, he has shown, especially against Syracuse, uh, that he is the lead back in this offense, no matter if Treshawn Ward's healthy in my eyes or, or Lawrence Philly, I think they have a role, but, but Trey needs to be your, be your bell cow. He needs to be your hard hitter who gets, who gets the, you know, crashes the line of first down, second down, third down, whatever it takes, because he can get those hard yards and he always carries uh, the, the pile forward. Uh, so I've been really impressed with him, and I'm glad that he's finally getting the recognition and the touches it takes uh, yeah. to, to be a run-first type offense. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he's he got like 707, almost 775 yards on the season. He's averaging uh, nationally uh, 7.3 uh, 7 uh, uh, yards Per rush, he is the back. It, it, it's not Ward, it's not Terafili. He is the guy, and you've said it all season. We need to feed him the football, and he needs to, uh, like you said, I think he had 18 carries uh, against Syracuse. Yeah. He, he's a guy that you can feed the ball to 15 to 20 times. He would have over a thousand yards this season He's if you were yeah. not sharing yeah. reps with Ward and with Tiafili. Yeah. So Absolutely. he is a beast. And when you have a beast, you've got to feed him because this guy not only goes through the hole quickly, he's got speed, he's got breakaway speed, and he can run over people. 
Okay, so he, and, and, he's a very dangerous weapon, and and we clearly saw that. Now we're seeing this on a consistent basis with him now, and so I expect we'll see a heavy dose of him against uh, against the Raging Cajuns coming up on Saturday. And one thing to that point is that of the three three of the games that you lost to see or every game, like you said, the increase of his attempts has gone up every game pretty much. The three games you lost this season. He had less than eight touches. Every game you won this season, right. outside the LSU game, which is week week zero or week one, which is you know kind of an oblivion, um, he had ten or more touches, and you won that game. And it wasn't That's- like we were so far behind; we had no. to keep throwing the ball. That wasn't the case. No, that wasn't it, the case. It, outside maybe Wake Forest, that game was a little right. bit. You kind of had to claw back a little bit. But outside those games, like you said, you were in it. You could have fed him the ball more, controlled the yeah. time of possession, which we've been talking about. So, yeah. and I think there's a direct correlation. You give him the ball early. You wear down that defense, you, and he and he comes on even later, uh, and he breaks yeah. those big plays. And I think it's good. And he has a fumble. No, and he doesn't no, he fumble. fumble. One no, fumble, fumble all season, and as I opposed think, to Treshawn, who who has a little bit of an issue with fumbles. Yeah, a little I, bit of I, an issue. With fumbles, I, I like think the season. rotation of the backs is good because, like you just said, it keeps it keeps uh, uh, Benson fresh for that third and fourth quarter. You're throwing different types of backs at the defensive line. And right now, nationally, Florida State's ranked number 31. And that's ex- that's only against FBS teams. No mm-hmm. FCS, no Duquesne numbers are in there, which were huge numbers. We're number 31 on rushing the uh, rushing offense at, at, at 192 yards a game. And so I, you, you're going to see that. You're going to see that coming on Saturday. That train is coming. And, and, and to be Bradley's point, he says, you know, how are we going to perform against a team like Syracuse who was going to stack the box, which they did. Um, and he still ran effectively against it, but it also opened up those one-on-one matches we saw with Malik McClain breaking one, Johnny Wilson breaking one for a touchdown. So to your point, B. Riley, he did run effectively against that stack box and made them pay for it, but also it led up to those matchups where you got two touchdowns off a of single coverage and playmakers made plays, which is what you want to see. And, and B. Riley also brings up earlier in the season – it, 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 I think Benson did have sort of a mental block where he wasn't fully, you know, he was trying to come back from that injury. Did he, did he fully trust his knee? And now I think he has full confidence that he's, you know, he's fully, he's hundred percent. He's going full throttle, zero tentativeness in his game. Um, and I think you're directly right on there. He's playing with like, like he was right out of high school again. He, he's playing, he knows the system. He knows the blocking, he trusts his blockers. He trusts his knee. Uh, and he's just playing explosive football. And I, I yeah, I think, I, I think, unfortunately I have to agree with B Riley as well. That I think I think Benson's trying to put it all on tape here on the next couple of games. You know, he's going to try to put a lot on tape on Saturday and then against the University of Florida. If he has a big game, he gets 100 yards against UF, the Gators, not looking ahead now, not looking ahead. But if he puts a, a big numbers, good numbers, solid numbers like he's been doing in the next two games, I doubt he would play in a bowl game and he would just declare for the draft. Because, uh, you know, I, I he's, he's really looked tremendous. He'd be a thousand yard guy if he wasn't, if he, he wasn't splitting be, reps. But, but to your yeah, point, yeah, yeah, he could. But to your point, he easily yeah. would be. He, and I, he could. Yeah. He, I think he, one he, of my he, final takeaways at this point, other than yeah. Trey establishing himself as one of the stars on this team. And this is, is no disrespect to the other backs in that room. No, no, absolutely not. Um, uh, but it's a deep room, and we're, we haven't even talked about the Penn State transfer who's going to play next year. No, so right. it, it's an extremely deep room. Uh, but the last thing is, I think I think I can firmly say, and I'm probably going to jinx myself, but I think Ryan Fitzgerald is back. 
uh, to where he was last season. Uh, no, no, that's not an elite kicker, but that's where you don't feel as hesitant throwing him out there. I, right. I think I think Norvell has less of a hesitancy on fourth and six on the 35-yard line to throw his kicker out there. Now he's willing to do that. He thinks, okay, I have a pretty good shot at getting three points here if I need to, and I don't have to force a fourth down conversion uh, in that kind of middle area. I can throw Ryan out there, and I have a – uh, an 80% shot uh, of him kicking one through. I think the last three or four weeks, he's proven that that going back to the three-step motion, had his old motion, uh, he can kick it. He can kick it through accurately. Everyone he's kicked, even the one he came up short on last week, was right was in the middle. Straight. It was right in the middle. Yeah, it's just the power wasn't there. So right. that may be a thing you you. That was like acknowledge. a 51-yarder, though. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the power may not be there for 50-plus, uh, but the accuracy seems to be back. Um, and of course, on that field goal drive, I think, like you brought up last weekend, yeah. the penalties are the things that killed that. The penalties knocked that back twice. Uh, so he would have hit it if it was at the normal spot. But I, I have confidence back in Ryan that he can hit these these kicks and, and clutch situations within 45 yards. Um, and I think that's great for the offense because, or great for play calling in general, because you don't have to be hesitant or double, you know, double think your mind. Can I throw him out there? What What is this third down call going to be? Because I don't trust my kicker. I think. That, that was a struggle we had in the middle part of the schedule when Ryan was just off the rails and, and couldn't kick anything. I agree. I, I, I agree. Um, I, think, I think that's the Syracuse wrap, and yeah. we're ready to look forward to Saturday. Yep. You know? Yep. So uh, before we introduce the guests, as we all know, we have a matchup with the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana. Uh, this Saturday noon kick on ESPN3. I'm still figuring out if I have that as part of my package. Uh-huh. Unfortunately. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's uh, that's something I got to figure out uh, on Saturday, but luckily I have a couple of days here. Um, right now, the odds are are stacked uh, in Florida State's favor based on betting, betting odds and matchup predictors, but you know those are only as good as the algorithms behind that. So uh, we're going to bring in a special guest, um, and uh, Bruce, why don't you give us an introduction? Nick, how's it going here? Good, man. How are you guys doing tonight? Great, Nick. Nick, can you hear us okay? Hear you perfect, man. Hey man, you know in this business you always have some technical things here or there. So you know we're gonna we're gonna keep rolling. KB always has a meltdown, man. What is a technical oh, thing? So we kind of fired one guy. Now we brought in a new guy. I tell you, last night we were doing our live podcast, and I uh, I accidentally poured an entire glass of whiskey onto my mixer about five short months ago. So that is getting replaced because uh, speaking of technical oh, difficulties, geez. if you hear some weirdness, that's on me. I apologize yeah, yeah. in advance, man. Actually, Nick, I did a little scouting and was watching that when that happened. You know, so so I, you know you got. I thought you guys handled it very professionally. Not you know, and Josh of, was in and out. He came in late, you know. That was not one of my better moments. But, you know, yeah. you just recover and you move on, right? Yeah. You know what? If you're not having fun, then why do it, right? Exactly. Hey, exactly. let me introduce you a little bit, Nick, and then I'm going to ask you to tell us a little bit more about yourself. Now, uh, let me make sure I get your name right. I'm tried. I've tried. Nick Dominique. No. <laughs> I could have said no before you said it. So. <laughs> Like, Look. like, like all good Cajuns from, from Cajun country, it's not pronounced like it looks. It's, uh, let's say, uh, doe like deer, mang like tang, doe mang. You put them together, that's what you get. So it's Nick Domang. Nick Domang. There you go. There I you like go. it. You got Nick it first Domain. try, man. Hey, man, I'll tell you, that's good. I'm going to write that down. Nick Domang, okay? Okay, Nick, listen, welcome to the program. We appreciate you coming on. You know, I did, you know, and, and I've looked at your guys' program the uh, at Ragin' Review, and I suggest all viewers, if, if, 
if you need to get information about the Raging Cajuns, that's the program to go to. You guys do a hell of a job there, a very professional job, and you really have the insights of what's going on, not only in Louisiana, but for the Raging Cajun program. How did you get involved as a fan uh, you know, of the Raging Cajuns. How did that come about and you got involved in the program? So I'll start back in 1997 when I was a student at UL. And I was uh, involved with the baseball program with a legendary head coach, Tony Robichaux. And I was lucky enough to attend the College World Series as part of the team. And, and from that point on, I was hooked. And I lived in Lafayette till 2019. I ended up being the public address announcer for baseball for over 10 nice. years with them. Nice. I was always involved with the program. And this was really a way for me to continue to be involved after moving to Houston, Texas. Um, Jerry and Josh, the other two guys on the pod, started this three or four years ago. And it was very organic. It, you know, we don't get the coverage or the national coverage or even the local coverage as as uh, Power Five teams do. So this was a necessary thing, I think, for our fan base to represent the fans because that's what we are. In the end of the day, we're fans, uh, and we're here just to give a perspective that maybe you know they're they're not going to have in the media. The media sugarcoats a lot of things, and often <laughs> we'll get in a little bit of trouble that that we're calling it like we see it, and we're saying yeah, what do. the fan base feels. And yeah. and, and so um, I, I came aboard about a year ago, and and I started working on a little bit of the video side, and then we decided to go with this platform that you guys are on as well. And it just it keeps growing, and again, it's organic, and and yeah. uh, you know, getting on on. On, on well-established podcasts like you guys really help us out to spread spread the brand across the land, as we like to say. So uh, it's really a pleasure for us to be on here talking football tonight. Well, that, that's great. We're, we're so glad to have you here. And, and you know, you use some key words here because we use the word fan perspective to that terminology because we, yeah, I, one of my biggest complaints, Nick, and we'll cover this and then we'll get into the game a little bit, is how people in access do you have access to the coaches press briefings and all that stuff do you well, guys i, I have that? i have access in baseball because my brother's a oh, coach but oh, in football <laughs> in football not okay. so much and that's okay. something that we're working with the administration on to try to get a little more access there yeah exactly you know but that's been one of my complaints is the pressers are boring as hell at florida state in my opinion <laughs> now my fans the fans that's are why maybe, we don't have may get some dirty <laughs> comments may get some dirty comments okay on the old man here but they're boring as hell. And the and the and the beat reporters feed right into it. They feed like some of these questions, like you learn nothing, you know? And it's it, it's really bad. But we're not here to beat up on the press, and we're not here to beat up on the coaches 101 courses that they go to. I heard your coach, or I read a quote saying, We're working really hard in getting a good plan together for Florida State. What's that plan, in your opinion? What is their approach to this game? And I know that's a little overwhelming question. How are they going to approach this game? How are they going to beat this Florida State team, Dick? Well, we're going to break you guys. Um, and, and okay, I, that's it. The show's over. In, 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 in the story, we're going to break you guys. Look, and, and I, I'm joking, but it's true. I mean, you look at what App State broke Texas A&M earlier this season. Marshall broke Notre Dame. ODU broke Virginia, Southern uh, Georgia Southern against Nebraska, same thing. We're called the fun bell for a reason. We don't go into any game thinking that we're not going to win. Our players, our coaches, our fans, we go to every single game. Now, look, five, ten years ago, that wasn't the case. We were going for a payday. To us, this isn't, isn't a payday. And look, our, our season is not where we want us to be right now. But uh, again, I think 
our, our biggest struggle has been so far this season on the offensive line where we've got a brand new, I mean, and we can talk about the guy that wears the 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 blue and orange later if you guys want to talk about him who uh, coached for us. I have a question there. Oh, don't worry. We'll get to that. But, um, you know, he the cupboard wasn't necessarily bare, but on the off- offensive line side, we were, and we had a lot of, of freshmen and sophomores starting and continue to start. So it was a very big learning curve for them. We suffered some injuries at that position in addition to that throughout the season. Uh, so offensively, we're nowhere near where we wanted to be, but the last couple of weeks, we've seen that offensive line step up and we've played some pretty tough defenses. Georgia Southern, when, when you consider they they were a solid defense last week and also their offense was was really, really good. We shut them down last week on, on both sides of the ball. So our our offensive line is starting to, to protect our quarterback and to open some holes for our running back. So I really think we've, look, we defensively, we're, we're good. We're top 40 in the country, but offensively, if our offensive line can get some push and get some protection and open some holes, I think that's the big key for this game. Also, and you heard it here first, our uh, quarterback, right, um, that's going to be playing this week, don't be surprised if we throw some kinks in that plan. I'm just saying, there might be some bag of tricks that are coming on Saturday. You'll just have to stay tuned. But if it does happen, just remember, Nick you from Region Review broke it here first. <laughs> so are we going to see Lance play uh, some Wildcat or uh, get him out there? At, at oh, all? look, look, it, it, we're, we're going, we're, we're pulling out all the bags of tricks this game. <laughs> I, you know, you might see me under center. Who knows? I might be the secret <laughs> hey, weapon. Hey, Nick. Okay, here's the here's the deal. Okay. You gave, we allowed you to give a good sales pitch there, Nick. We gave, we gave you a good sales pitch. Now, this is candid. We're not, no sugar here, buddy. There's a lot of FSU fans think you're full of, okay? <laughs> they think this is a walkover. And I'm pretty conservative. I don't like to look past Yeah, to be fair, team, Florida State okay? fans every game's a yeah, walkover. Yeah, yeah, no, but, but, you know, this isn't, this isn't Duquesne, right? Yeah, I yeah. give you that. How do you convince FSU fans that that's right on when you when you have losses to Rice, UL at Monroe, South Alabama, Southern Miss, and Troy, and you've beaten Southeast Louisiana, Eastern Michigan, Marshall, Arkansas State, and Georgia Southern? You're five and five. You're one and three on the road. This is a road game. You're three and four in a conference. You're down near the bottom of your your division there. How, how do you how do you convince FSU fans that you're going to put a scare into them, Nick? Well, first of all, you're just out there selling me a used car. I'll I'll start with uh, when's I'm not, the last I'm time? not here to be easy on you, Nick. Oh, go for it. When's the last time you guys were ranked in the CFP top twenty five? Uh, I'll tell you the last time we were. We're asking the question. Okay. Last season, for two seasons in a row, top 25 team throughout the season, CFP top 25 at the end of the season. Now, I get that's not this season, but if you're saying a walkover, ask Texas A&M fans if they thought App State was a walkover. If you, you, I wish I could have the the clip to show you on the stupid little yell practice, whatever that thing is that they (laughs) Oh, no, I I know what yeah, is yeah, these mountain men coming over here and think they're going to win. Guess what? They went over there and kicked their butts. Ask Notre Dame what they think about Marshall. We beat Marshall. Guess who Marshall beat? Notre Dame. Georgia Southern. Let's talk about Nebraska. Now, it's Nebraska. But still, Georgia Southern came in with a top 15 offense. We shut them down. So, so you know, you can have the elite, oh, well, it's ACC and we're better and our losses are better losses. Let me tell you, the Sun Belt is here to play football. We are a football league number one. 
and and you can you can take your P6 whatever you want to call the AAC they don't hold a cup of coffee to us so if you want to overlook us go right ahead but if the score is 10 7 at halftime then then maybe you want to tune into our halftime show and then we could talk about if we're a walkover or not now look there is an absolute chance that we go over there and get blown out I, you know there but i just don't see it happening i think that 24 point spread is a bit much um do i think we're gonna walk in and destroy you guys absolutely not but i think we're gonna have a chance so uh again ask texas a&m fans if if they still underestimate app state or notre dame marshall i mean the reason the reason why i don't think that's a fair comparison is because we all know jimbo is one of the worst coaches in ncaa football <laughs> and he cannot focus that team so that comparison Oh, we man. all hate Jimbo. He's got all those papers up. He, he, he's not, yeah. He's why got the playbook the size of the Bible. So, why didn't uh, LSU hire Jimbo? God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're right. You're you're right there. And I, Nick, that was a great defense. I think. I think that I think FSU fans see that a little bit. I think you're would you say Marshall is the best victory you've had this season? Well, would you say Marshall's the best victory? And what would you say is the worst loss you've had this season? You know, I, not by you, but by uh, yeah, upset. let's ULM absolutely awful. Yeah. I mean, they're they're bottom of the barrel FBS and we were blowing them out. And that's what that's what's yeah. what's crazy about this team this year is we were so inconsistent. And and so yeah. we were blowing out ULM and there was one or two passes that we dropped in a missed field goal that completely changed the game. And then we collapsed and against Troy, we were up 17 nothing and we collapsed. So last week it was good to see that we didn't we held up and we kept it going and and yeah maybe so maybe this week i don't know but that's what i'm looking for that's what i think we need to do is what we did last week against georgia state because we didn't let off the gas we didn't collapse we didn't have this massive you know brain fart in the middle of the game so i would say our our, our worst loss was ulm our best win to me is still going to be georgia southern georgia because southern. you okay. know they're Marshall's a quality program no they are a quality program they went down and beat florida a few years yeah. back I think yeah. that was, didn't they? Yeah. And and That's so they have a new coach. And yeah. Marshall too, right? But but yeah. you have some head scratchers in there. I mean, we should have beaten South Alabama. We should yeah. have beaten Troy. Yeah. We should have beaten ULM. And if we win those three games, we're having a different conversation today. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 inconsistency throughout the season that we've had. And so seeing us get it together last week, bringing that into this week's game is what gives me a little bit of a, of excitement. Yeah, I've heard I heard Josh on your program on your program said if fsu shows up like they did against jacksonville state then we have a real good chance to win this game you know he's, yeah, and he's yeah. exactly right he's exactly yeah. right however however this florida state team is not that same team that lost to jacksonville state right. now i you know i hope i don't have to eat those words because i'm a guy who buys in very slowly but this team and i believe coach norvell now has learned we don't look at polls anymore because a lot of our media here, oh, we're ranked number 19th or 20th and, and the fans and we're this and we're that. We don't buy into that here at Seminole Sideline 365. And I'm an alumni, okay? I, I graduated, oh, here we go, 1974, brother. And I sat through the 1973 season in the stadium when we were 0-11 prior to Bobby Bowden, okay? So I've, I've seen the ups and I've seen the downs. However... This team seems to be much more focused than the team last year that lost to Jacksonville State, and they seem to be playing game by game because they want this fan base to buy in. 
And we got on our fan base on a couple of games where they started leaving early, which really ticks us off, yeah. you know, in that regard, because a quality high profile program fans don't leave. Yeah. And, and we're trying to get fans into the stadium. Right. And I think that's just a product of a current environment and, and, and kids are, are looking to talk, to watch the game on their phone and not be there in person, but that's a whole different podcast for a whole different day. But I will say you guys impress me. I look at the, the statistics you've put up rushing wise, uh, passing. I mean, you guys have been ridiculous fourth down conversion, 64%, 50% third down conversions. It's not going to be a cakewalk for us this week by any means. I mean, again, there it's it's going to be a, a real uphill battle for us. But as I said, don't count us out. If if it's a close game at halftime, then I think we start putting maybe a little bit of doubt uh, into your guys' minds. But man, it's going to be it's going to be a tough task for you guys. Allowed six points in the month of November. I mean, come on, that's insane. So so we got it. We got a lot of work to do this week. But uh, I'm hoping our guys show up for the challenge. Do they yeah. rotate? Is there a good depth on the Cajuns? Uh, uh, do, do they rotate a lot of guys on defense? Yeah, we, we do. We've got depth at defense. I'll tell you, that's our that's our strongest uh, asset on the team. We've got depth at cornerback. Um, we've got depth at linebacker. We've got depth on the line. Uh, I would say if you're looking for players to watch yeah. um, on the defensive side of the ball, definitely uh, one of our most versatile players is Trey Amos, Eric Guerra. Those are two guys who who are a lockdown at defensive back. Um, Zion Hill Green, watch him. Okay, he's 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 a monster on the D line. He's half a sack away for setting the school record in sacks. So, um, Ooh, be and then another fun Cajun name, Cam Podesclo, Right, he's okay. he's a safety that that I think if if the story is right, he came on as a as a walk on, and, and you know five years later he's he's you know creating havoc in our on our defense. So so we've got some hosses that play right. They they come to play. They hit hard. And, and we like to play man coverage. I think that's when we're at our best. But, man, you guys, I mean, have 15 wide receivers, it seems, that can catch the ball. So uh, it'll be, again, it'll be a, a real challenge for our defense this week. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and, and one thing I wanted to bring up, because like you said, I think it will be, I, I do think it'll be a, at least we'll see. The first half will tell a lot about this, whether it's going to be a close game or, or a blowout. Because I think with Florida State, is to your point, we've only given up, you know, six points in the last, you know, six quarters. But we have this team also hasn't faced adversity in a while. Um, so right. when you hit it, what happens? And so if this game is close, like you said, some belt teams always find a way to keep it interesting. Whether it was Marshall against Notre Dame and winning that game, like these things happen. And this is a team that has five wins. It's looking for their bowl. Victory. You know, they're looking to go to a bowl. So they have extra. This is a team that has two wins, right? You guys are looking to get bowl eligible. So every game, these last two games are extra motivation for you guys to keep fighting. Through yeah. the season. Um, so I, I think, like you said, but I I do believe Mike Norvell has his team focused to another level we haven't seen before. It's just those distractions of poll numbers and college football playoffs, which in my mind don't matter because if you're not in the top 10, it does, you're, not, you're not playing for anything. We're, we're not playing for anything. We're on the ACC championship. So, uh, but I think the team will be focused. But like you said, if, you know, Louisiana can show some, give us some adversity, how does the offense respond? How does the defense respond? Because they haven't seen – there has been no offensive, especially on the offensive side of these you know, Syracuse and Miami. There's been no life poles. Um, if you got – you guys will come in with a healthy quarterback, a healthy offense that can – that should be able to operate something that looks like college football. The last two weeks, they have two injured quarterbacks and a banged up – you know, banged up offenses that have not been able to execute. Now, some of that is we have a decent defense, a good defense. At the same time, 
you know, injured quarterbacks are, are you know, are hard for our opponents to operate within. So I, I do think it'll be interesting, especially in the first quarter, in the first half, it'll set the tone for the rest of the game. So that, that's what I'm looking for is can we, you know, you guys have a well-operating offense right now. Can we, can we slow that down if we can the first quarter and so on? I, I think it'll roll after the, the first half, but I, I think it'll be close. Really yeah. Close. And I think, I think too, if it's a close game, I think, the difference for us will be in our special teams place kicking because I know you guys had a little bit of struggles there. I think earlier this season, Early our guy game. kicked, yeah, our a guy lot. kicked five last weekend, right? He kicked yeah, five field yeah. goals in one game against Georgia Southern. So mm. I think if we keep it close and, and Kenny is, is Kenny, um, then, then, you know, it, it'll be a lot closer than, than a lot of people believe. But again, that goes back to consistency. Kenny hasn't always been consistent this season. So mm -hmm. we got to, we've got to, we can't make mistakes, right? I mean, we can, every week you say it, you, you win the game in the trenches and don't turn the ball over and you have a good chance to win. I think that for both of, both of our teams this weekend definitely comes into play. Tell us, uh, Nick, tell us a little bit about your quarterback because the quarterback is such a key position on any football team. And, and and that could change the game. I've been holding our breath, and I've said this the whole season. If Jordan Travis goes down, we, we're a different football team on offense. Yeah. You know, because if Jordan Travis goes down on one play, this game, this game changes. This game really does change it because our backups are not proven. Yeah. Our backups are totally not proven. So tell us about Ben Woolridge. In in what I looked at, he seen you guys seem to be a little bit more on the run, heavier on the run. Go with the run. Let that set up the pass if possible. That he's not a guy that's going to stand back there and throw the ball 40 times and get 300, 400 yards. I don't know. Can he do that? Look, Ben is best when he's in the pocket. When he's protected and in the pocket, he's a great elite quarterback. When he's out of the pocket, it's, it's a little bit touch and go. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. Um, so he's yes. not a runner then he he's is a runner. He can, he, oh, okay. he, he is a runner, but he prefers to stay in the pocket. That's okay. when he's best at passing the ball. He can make things happen with his feet. The, the, the drawback on Ben is that Ben, when sometimes at, for no reason, I mean, you'll see the guy get out of the pocket and pass across his body and he'll hit the guy in stride, but he can also sit in the pocket and overthrow a receiver. So that's his drawback. Now, Sorry, guys. No <laughs> so, but now going back to uh, to Ben, um, we do have a backup quarterback that is that is good this season. Um, his he, he actually Chandler Chandler Fields started for us this season and got injured earlier in the season and Ben took over. So we do have a capable oh. backup. Oh, okay. And he's ready to go. The backup, the starter of the season, he's ready to go too. Oh yeah, he's ready okay. to go at a moment's notice, and and that's why I'm I'm um you know again breaking news. If, if you see two quarterback rotation or something funky this weekend, um, don't be surprised. I think there'll, there'll be a couple kinks thrown at What's the difference yeah. between the two though, from a coaching strategy on defense? What, why do you, what, what, what would be the major difference? The one major difference? Here? I think the Ben's passing game is a major difference. Ben's also six, four to Chandler's five ten, five eleven. Oh, so I think man. you have a little okay. bit of presence mm -hmm. in the, in, yeah. in, in the line, yeah. but look, it was a very close race and Chandler edged him out at the beginning of the season. Okay. So they're very similar. Yeah, Jordan Travis this season is totally different than the Jordan Travis of last season. Uh, this Jordan Travis last season was a guy that wanted to run. Everything was really pull the ball down and run. He didn't have the confidence, as much confidence, to throw the ball downfield. This yeah. season he has worked totally different. He wants to stay in the pocket. He loves to throw the ball downfield, and he doesn't run as much. But he will run 
if he sees the grass is greener to do that or to pick up a crucial third down. Yeah, yeah and Ben's not Ben's not scared to lower shoulder and run into guys either, which which mm-hmm. I hate as a quarterback. Yeah. But um so yeah. so he's he he's got a tough he he's got a tough presence to him and he and he hits with a with he, with a meaning. He he's not a guy who likes to slide. Um but again, I think I think it was a very close quarterback competition. There's still a lot of controversy over who should be the starting quarterback because we were for the first couple of games playing a two quarterback system, which mm-hmm. I yeah. hate, okay? Yeah, I hate too. But but it, it helped us out when Chandler went down. Ben had experience. They knew the touch on the ball. He came in right off, you know, the bench and was able to perform. So I think that was a benefit, but I still hate the two-quarterback system. There were rumors when we go back to it. They said, no, we're not, you know, we're, we're sticking with Ben. Um, I'll say it again. Just just be ready for some for, for some quarterback things going on. It's this right. it, 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 I think that's interesting. Uh, I, well, here here's a note to your coach. Coach Des, I'm not going to try to. How, how do you pronounce his last name? I know. Huh? So it's Desermo. Desermo. Okay. Yes, Coach Desermo, I think he gets called Coach Des a lot. Correct. Uh, but you can tell him the running train is coming at you and you will have to stop that. Now, how they do that, because that's going to set up the play action here for Jordan Travis, and then the ball's going downfield. So as the corners and the safety start stacking the box, that's what's going to happen. That's what this game is going to turn on is how that's going to take place. Yeah. Uh, we have a great defensive end. We have some really good young linemen too, that we've rotated around some, some of the more veterans that we have there in the middle. Uh, but we have uh, Jared verse, who is a, a, a portal guy came in from Albany. Uh, he's going to be looking, I think for a big day, going to be looking for a big day. If he's, awake at noontime, which everybody hates those kickoffs, but uh, any special plans on how to stop a Jared verse? Well, I think, I think again, we're going back to camp Pedesclo and, and um, also our linebacker core. They're, they're very aggressive, right? Um, I don't know that they have elite speed at that position, but I think they do a very good job of, of reading defenses and, and being where they need to be and, and closing in on running back. So I, I think, Again, if if we're able to get stops from from our linebackers on uh, on defense early in the game and and able to to uh, to stop your running game because again it's an elite level running game you guys have very similar yeah. to ours by the way we have a stable of running backs that go six deep so mm-hmm. if we're able to to you know not not necessarily stop you guys but but limit the damage then I think that gives us a little bit of a chance to sit back in coverage and and let our our defensive backs do their thing now if if you're running all over us in the first quarter it's going to be a long day for us so uh, again like like you said kb we'll know a lot in the first quarter about how how this game you know progresses and uh again i'm I'm not going to sugarcoat it it's going to be a hell of a challenge for us um but uh but we'll see if we're up for the challenge this weekend yeah let me go back to the second part of the question uh that i covered there is we have, I think we have some really good defensive linemen, Nick, and one of them is Jared Verse, and then we have some really good interior tackles, and we've got a young guy, Pat, uh, Peyton, Patrick Peyton, that's coming on, Joshua Farmer's coming on, besides uh, some of the veterans we have inside there. How's your offensive line going to hold up against that type of pressure? That think? is a fantastic question. Um, I will say we do have a lot of movement on the offensive line because they – 
they they try to you know put guys in emotion and try to uh i i guess out scheme the defense because we're so young but again our offensive line has grown up as the season has has gone on so i think i think our coaches are just gonna have to get creative because you guys have some beasts on that line and you've got some talented linebackers and your secondary is is really really good so we're going to have to be creative in our play calling and, and no draws up the middle three times for three and out and, and punting the ball we've got to figure out a way to move the ball and get those guys moving in space and i think if we do that we'll have a little bit of success but again it, i i think I, we're not going to overpower you our offensive line absolutely will not in my opinion, overpower your defensive line just because of your size and your experience at that position. But I do think our coaching will be up for the challenge in trying to scheme some things there. Uh, one question I do going back, like it's related to the offensive line question. The past three weeks, you know, you all are you know, two and uh, you know, one and three, like Georgia Southern being the win last week, which is, you know, uh, get some momentum there. But when we're talking about Ben Woolridge um, and, and potentially a dual quarterback situation, Ben seems to like, and I, you kind of pointed out previously, is that the accuracy is a little bit, two of those games, he had close to 45% percentage accuracy throwing the ball down the field. Uh, you know, last week it was like 54% throwing the ball. Uh, on average for the season, he's at like 51% on the road. Um, uh, what, is that, is that a factor of just him, um, a maturation of him as a quarterback? Is that interior offensive line, not being able to protect him against stronger defenses? And it's that, you know, because this is an opportunistic defense the last couple of weeks for Florida State. Greedy fans has a couple of interceptions. This defense is going to probably look to blitz and force some of those bad throws because we've been able to get great field positions the last couple of weeks by forcing turnovers um, from some quarterbacks. Like I said, some banged up quarterbacks. And do you, do you see that accuracy issue as something that may come into play? And that's maybe why they're going to try out another quarterback that hasn't played since October. Or what, what do you count for that? Um, well, more to come on that um, regarding what we do next week on quarterback or this weekend. But, um, you know, Ben, Ben, I, like I said, he can make some outstanding plays and get outside of the pocket. And I don't want to put this all on, on Ben mm -hmm. because we have wide open receivers that we have seen over and over again. I mean, we've got a six, four NFL talent wide receiver that that makes just amazing plays and and, and again he's going to play on sundays but there are times where he has these mental blocks where he will drop the ball or mm -hmm. we'll throw it out to the tight end and he'll it'll be right in his hands and he'll drop it so mm -hmm. this is not all on ben this yeah. does have yeah. a little bit to do with our wide receiver core not hanging on to the ball but i will tell you we've seen especially against marshall when ben is is at his best he just he he throws dimes and i mean sure. just makes unbelievable plays and and our our wide receivers make unbelievable catches so we need that this weekend against you guys if we have any chance of being in that ball game uh but so so it's a combination of things our, he's under pressure a little bit by our offensive line but again he does get out the pocket he throws the ball well when he's on the run but our wide receivers have to come up big and hold on to those catches especially when the ball is in your hands man we had one of our wide receivers on a couple of pods ago and he said if it hits you in the hands you better catch it so <laughs> that's my opinion if it hits you in the hands catch the damn ball yeah um, we, if we we've had that, plenty of those okay. issues to yeah. your point in the past of Florida State <laughs> receivers and that's why you saw almost six of them come in the transfer portal to uh let me, to, let me uh, ask let me ask you this let me ask you this nick uh uh just quickly now quickly Billy Napier, how how much damage did he leave going out the door at at your program? 
so so we hired our current head coach who has no head coaching experience in the FBS because Billy told us that was he on the staff coach desk? He was. Yes, okay, he was staff. he was one of our our coordinators last year, not coordinators, but he was on the staff. Okay. Um and and I think he was helping on offense. Obviously, he's a former quarterback for UL and we love we love Des. So this is no knock against him. I mean, he's one of my favorite people in the world, but you would think a, a team in the top 25 two years in a row in talks for CFP, that's a Texas loss last year away from being in contention for a New Year's Six game, would would attract big names from around the country. And we went with Des because we trusted what Napier said, is that he would take a minimal amount of staff with him to Florida. Three weeks later, our entire staff has gone down to the videographer, down to, to I mean, just the, the, the minute analysts that we had are all gone. And you've got a brand new coach who's who's first time coaching in, in FBS football, having to build a staff from scratch. Mm -hmm. So I think we and, and then the transfer portal happened. Right. And then you have to think the uh, all of the all of the stuff came out with with players getting paid now. And and now you're having to deal with that in the transfer portal. So he was put in a really poor position because he was he was behind the eight ball from the get go. Mm -hmm. I think promises were made that weren't kept. And so there's a little bit of, 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 you know, um, what's the way to say it unhappiness <laughs> with, with the situation. Um, we wish him well, we appreciate everything he's done for us at our program. He made us a national power for a couple of years, but, but, you know, I think we were all kidding ourselves when we thought we would come in and not miss a beat this season uh, in the back of my head. I knew it would be a struggle. I think next year is going to be a much different situation, but you can't lose an entire staff of folks and coaches and coordinators and, and videographers. I mean, we were just getting a videographer for the team like two weeks before the season started. <laughs> you can't lose all these people and expect to, to have the same results that you did the year before. So um, this year has definitely been an enigma. I've got mixed feelings about uh, that, that coach and that, that fan base. Look, when, when they announced Billy, it was like we were the Florida fans. They were, they were going to cheer for UL for the yeah. rest of their lives. They're <laughs> raging Cajuns fans. And then two weeks later, after we start complaining about the fact that he took our entire staff of people, then they just like it was like a riot. Like those people came <laughs> after us like we were the scum of the earth. So, uh, yeah, there's a little weird love-hate relationship there. And, uh uh, we, you know, we, good luck to him nick nick we call that the jimbo effect when he, <laughs> when, he when he left here you know that that type of situation yeah. uh but uh yeah i, I mean anytime let, let, one question that kind of follows that quickly and we we've held you much longer than we said that you'd be on so i hope you're not giving up something oh, no, man. here all good but, man. but quickly uh quickly and this is how i feel you straighten me out on this UL may be a program like many programs, which I call a stepping stone program. If a coach comes in, does well, if coach Des does well for two years, has a really good season, he takes the next best offer out to some power five. And, that, and that's common at some schools. You know, Wake Forest in the ACC was like that until they really kept a couple of their coaches there for long periods of time, like they have been doing now. How do you avoid that as a program going forward to convince a guy to stay there? Now, I know it's about money. I get all that. But beyond that, in terms of fan base, in terms of not being a domino program, does that make sense? It, it totally does. I mean, what happens when 
let's say, I don't know, Brian Kelly, for some reason, goes over whatever next year yeah. and they fire him and LSU comes get to get Novell. If they offer him $100 million, I'm sorry, he's gone, right? He's gone, so yeah. you guys, I mean, every, well, there are a lot more programs out there that, that are in a similar position, but not really as, as, as much because we don't have the money to even try to compete with that. But I think the way you solve it is what we did with Coach Dez. He is a hometown guy. He's a raging Cajun from the beginning. He's always been a raging Cajun. He's never wanted to go anywhere else. And I don't think that he has aspirations to go anywhere else. So I think this is this is a Frank Solich for us. If it works out, if he has the success we think he has, he's going to be here for 20 years. So I don't think oh, this good. is a stepping stone job for Dez. But um, I think I think if we did hire externally, I think, yes, you are correct. It's a stepping stone job. But there have been some really, really good programs. Look at App State, right? That, right. that have been stepping stone jobs, and they continue the success each and every year. Yeah. So, uh, so, and some and guys are State, comfortable. Right? And yeah. some coaches are comfortable. Like you say, he's a hometown guy. That, he, that if he has success and wants to build a program, the fans support it, uh, you know, the, the administration support it, some of those guys will stay. They'll yeah. stay a long period of time because they don't want to keep moving their families around, rebuilding programs and all of that. And they're happy with a certain amount of money. And, yeah. and so hopefully that could be the case there. And then and then it really establishes it. And look, we were paying we were paying uh, Billy a couple million dollars a year. We were paying his staff, you know, a couple million dollars a year. So it's not yeah. like I mean, if he wanted to stay here and he be here for life. He would have made a ton of money, not as much as Florida, obviously. But again, we he hired, I mean, our our offensive coordinators and, and defensive coordinators are all guys who have ties to the program and ties to the Lafayette area. And I think that's how you hold on to a staff. Now, we've got to have that success. In three yeah. years, if we're still not making bowl games or something's going wrong, then there's another conversation to be had. But if we have the success like we think we have, I think we're going to hold on to the staff for a really long time. Well, here's, here's the good news. If you lose the Florida State, you have Texas State, who is really down at the bottom, right? Look, I I don't take after the way this season has gone. I don't take any team for granted. Yeah, I mean, right, we lost right. to freaking ULM, man. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't sure. take any 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 team for granted. It's one game at a time. And uh, like I said, I'm looking forward to the challenge. Un unbelievable that this is the first time that we meet in football ever. Yeah. So uh, yeah. this, I, I know our fans will be excited to to visit uh, visit your stadium and and Tallahassee. And, They'll be welcomed. And, and and before I go, I do want to ask a question because we yeah. do have some fans watching tonight. What what are the places that we need to hit up while we're, mm. while we're in Tallahassee? Is there any any spot that we need to eat at or drink at or what do you guys recommend? KB's the socialite. Tell him KB. <laughs> well, I mean, you you know all the places from the seventies that made the old yeah. school places, but uh, I, I would say I mean the the obvious spots always Madison Social because it's right by the stadium. You right. can get whatever drink you want. It's got the best food, and just right down there in College Town, you have a bunch of old new. That's like the new development area that has all the nice restaurants that you can get a drink, get some food, you know, do brunch or, you know, I guess it's noon. It's not brunch anymore, but you could do a, you know, a early uh, late breakfast there at 11, walk over to the stadium, have a little buzz on you and then walk right in. And then afterwards, right back, walk back, right back to the Madison social, get another drink get some food and then go wherever you want to go. So I would say go to college town, walk around Madison social, be your number one spot for me. It's just easy. It's it'll have the, not the garage doors open so you can see out to the stadium and into the field. It, it'll be nice. That That's what I would Yeah, I agree. I agree. Madison social. Now Friday night, you can tell your fans, if you're going to, if you can get there, you know, Friday afternoon, Friday night, they have a big outdoor concert down there. Yeah. You know, it'll be, really rocking and rolling 
you know, down there and they have a good, uh, somebody's coming in. I forget who the name is, but yeah. everybody liked them. The block whoever it is coming in for the Friday night concert there at yeah. Madison Social. Just remember that. That'll take care of your needs down down there. Well, look, yeah. it's it, we we appreciate you throwing a victory concert for us. Uh, we look forward to it. And, uh, <laughs> now no that's offense. Friday night. That's Friday night. <laughs> hey, we're, hey, we're getting ahead of the game. But look, you guys, um, I, I, I really am looking forward to this game, as I said. Um, no offense. I hope we break you guys like like our teams have broken other teams this season. Uh, but we wish you the best. We hope there are no injuries and, and we hope for a good game. Absolutely. Well, I've got I've got Absolutely. at least one more question. Oh, KB, dude, you, got else? KB, you gotta man. stop him. You gotta stop him, or he'll okay. never let you go. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. These guys had a two-hour show, KB. <laughs> Give me a break. I'm ready for it. Bring it in. Here's the most important question that we have, Nick. Really, it really is. Okay. Now we told you where to go. Hot oh, sauce challenge, on, brother. Hot <laughs> sauce <laughs> challenge. Now, <laughs> I've got two bottles here. If you guys beat us, KB is going to drink one and I'll drink the other one. Okay, here oh, we go. Oh, I, wait, I, wait, 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 wait. I got the wait, wait a minute. I got the original. No, I'm just making that up. I'm going to drink this shit. Uh, I got the original Louisiana hot sauce. Can you see it? I'm maneuvering the bottle. I see it. Yeah. Oh, that's the wrong that's one. That's Crystal. Yeah. <laughs> what the shit? Oh, I got the wrong one. Okay. Hey, I'm an old confused guy. Oh, All right. Very we got the original Louisiana hot sauce. Okay, I got that. Have you ever heard of this one? Are you it's kidding me? Louisiana. Come on, man. <laughs> Have you not read my last name? Are you serious right the now? Original. Have you I heard got of that one before? And then I got I got crystal. They're both the crystal hot sauce. Which one, man? Which one should we use when we're eating at dinner? Which Tabasco. Are, are you kidding me? What are you oh. talking about? <laughs> Wrong answer. Okay, wrong now answer. Now look, now look, Dustin Poirier came up with his own hot sauce, and I will tell oh, you, I oh, cooked yes. a gumbo, and I ate some tonight, and I put some of that Dustin Poirier's hot sauce in there, so you got to try it. That's actually that's, good. Okay. All right. That's okay. good to know. I always that's see him marketing good. that. So. And, and here, here's a here's a uh, something that actually is really serious, but, you know, I was reading, I, I get these travel and leisure things, um, because I'm on the road a little bit, as KB knows, but... You know, they said the number one, a number one city to visit, to visit, it was, it was, now I'm going to mispronounce it here, Lafayette, Louisiana. Well, you almost got it right. Lafayette, like La Lafayette. Lafayette. And I will tell you. Lafayette, Louisiana. Why are they number one on this, guys? And this was a legitimate travel site. I think it was Lemming Travel or something. Yeah, so I will just say that that people from New Orleans actually take tours. They're called food tours and buses mm -hmm. to Lafayette to to try all of the food there because it's it's the original Cajun culinary cuisine, whatever you want to call it, in Lafayette. Our culture is so deep, and and, and there's just so much to do. There's a festival every single weekend, and and that's part of the reason for our attendance yeah, issues because that. every single weekend there's something going around. <laughs> going on right but yeah. but a city of of its size and, and the number of restaurants they have and the number of things to do in our music and the festivals mm -hmm. and we've got an international festival once a year that brings in uh, you know top acts from around the world mm -hmm. um that makes it special the people are special the culture is special and the food uh you'll gain at least 10 pounds if, if you're there for three days so there's well, a lot going on in lafayette it's a wonderful place i miss home i try to get back as much as i can Th thankfully it's only a three-hour drive Oh, that's great. Well, Nick, we do have a question from the crowd. 
and I don't know what reference it means. I don't know oh. if it's offensive or not, but can you read it there, Nick? Yeah, oh yeah, I yeah. can read it. Cayenne, I don't know. <laughs> Cayenne is a phallic symbol looking mascot that we had um in the shape of a uh, of a, a chili pepper and, and and look the fabulous cajun chicken that was an organic thing a guy named russell heim in the in the late 70s early 80s developed this chicken and actually got into some kind of legal battle battle with the fabulous san diego chicken so that was a whole deal um but but you know we don't have a mascot right now we're we're pushing the admin to do something our idea is an alligator because we actually have a swamp on campus oh imagine that somebody <laughs> stole our our yeah, whatever we're not going to get yeah. into that but yeah um but we're looking at at different mascots we're trying to get one but cayenne was about the ugliest nastiest stupidest mascot that we ever had we hate him right but the rest of the country loves him so i guess yeah. i guess our admin knew better than us <laughs> yeah there he is oh there it <laughs> that is, is. is that right there that is that is, he's scary looking he's got a, that face is scary oh there and that's the later version there was one oh, that was an all-in-one pepper i mean it didn't it was it, oh gosh man this is bringing back awful memories hey, hey, now hey the we chicken. Told nick we warned you this this is candid and unfiltered man. now check out, go back up and check out the cajun chicken you'll see a couple there and and again, like I like I mentioned, um, oh, there, is. there oh, was a lawsuit geez. between he and the fabulous K, uh, fabulous San Diego chicken with the Padres years and years ago. So that was <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. We do miss the fabulous Cajun chicken. We do wish he would come back, but I think he's uh, I think he's oh, he's man. he's uh, hung up the feathers because he's got <laughs> oh, a little up in that, age. That's great. <laughs> that's great. Great question, B. Riley. Yeah, B. Riley. Hey, hey Nick, listen. Thanks so much. Yes. Uh, for taking time out of uh, your schedule and uh, being with us uh, tonight here. And uh, you guys have a great show there. And uh, we want all the viewers that follow us to, to support these guys. They're doing a great job, uh, you know, and uh, we will continue to tweet things out, rage and review. And uh, it's just been really great having you on here. You guys got a great team there. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Like I said, best of luck this weekend. No injuries. And yes. um, and yeah, it was a pleasure. This was a lot of fun. And if you and if you do beat us, don't ever call us again, Nick. <laughs> I'll be not. I, drink, I ain't drinking it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. All right, dude. Have a good All one, right, Nick. Fellas. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. Awesome. Well, we want to thank awesome. Nick again from the Rage and Review. Like I said, uh, like we said, follow them on Twitter. You'll see us uh, tagging them in our posts. So first of all, follow us, and then you can follow them. But uh, find them at Ragin R A G I N. Great guys. Great guys. Great show. Great guys. Uh, great, great show. show. Uh, so follow. They did. They've done some interviews this week uh, about doing the symbols preview. So go watch their symbols preview yeah. for Saturday. Um, maybe with your coffee on on Friday or Saturday. And uh, yeah, get, get yeah, it's see like what episode they're 24. It's episode 24 that they yeah. have up. They do a real good job there, including a few technical errors, which we all have, which KB had a meltdown <laughs> on last week. And uh, it's really good insights uh, that they how they talk about Florida State. So you, you get a different perspective than listening to the same thing. You know? Yeah. That's so, yeah, give them a watch and uh, give them a like as well. So uh, I, really I think it's time for our weather report yeah i hope you have something prepared because i don't so uh uh well i do we... i have a guest i have a special right. guest who, who are we our, bringing in who are you one of in? our loyal one of our loyal supporters of the program he is a high school you're gonna bring him in or what is he the uh, it's uh, the uh, chicken we're bringing no, the chicken the chicken he used to be the chicken he used he's to gonna be the do, chicken. he's gonna give us our tallahassee weather which i love doing that 
but he is one we've asked guests if uh, you know any of our supporters that want to do our spot weather reports which are crucial to the coaches and to the fans he's here tonight to do that and he used and to be the Cajun chicken he used to be the let's, Cajun chicken let's bring him in and there he is and his name is Christian and I won't give his last name uh Christian L he's one of our uh, followers and loyal supporters and we've asked Christian uh, he wanted to come on so here he is and Christian we also know that you're a high school football player you're going to give us some predictions the guy loves sports I also from your bio you told me uh, you, you're you're not only a football player you ran some track you're also uh, a, 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 a really good golfer and uh, you're you're a junior at Paul the Sixth High School in Ashburn, Virginia. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes. And you can hear us okay? Yes. Can you guys hear okay. me okay? Okay. Yes. And don't be intimidated by us. Okay. We know you're not used to this being on the air. We don't want you to feel intimidated, especially by KB. I'm here to welcome you and so on. But the weather report, which I usually give, unless we have a guest like yourself, is important not only the coaches, you know, whether they need to practice with a wet ball or a cold ball. Now, you live up north, correct, in Virginia, so it's yes, cold yes. up there. And I understand, and you'll tell us in a few minutes, you got a championship game that you guys are playing Saturday or Sunday this weekend? Sunday morning. Okay, Sunday so morning. you know the weather is, is important up there. Tell us about yes. the Tallahassee weather, what the Tallahassee fans, everybody should expect here in Tallahassee. All right, so this Saturday, it's a very – for Florida, I guess it's a little cold, but a very mild day overall. We have a 12 o'clock game time down in Tallahassee this weekend. Uh, very cold morning in the high 30s to start. but a High 30s? Wow. Okay. In the early, early morning. Uh, quickly warms up to around 60, 65 degrees by game time, so we should be good to go. Perfect. Uh, wind won't be a huge factor at all around three to five mile per hour winds throughout the game. So that won't affect anything. Um, no chance of precipitation at all. So, I mean, overall, the game plan for both coaches should not should not be deterred at all by the weather. We pass all over the field, run the ball, whatever needs to happen. Excellent. That's, that, that's excellent. Okay, so fans, here's your weather report for Tallahassee. Great weather. You don't need your poncho. You don't need a rain jacket. You, you might need a, you know, get your uh, – your, uh, I don't know, a light jacket, something like that, especially if you're in the shady section of the stadium. Uh, that looks good. Okay, that's super. Okay, uh, let's move on to some game predictions that we have coming up here. Now, Christian, we're, you, you know football. You, you know, you play football. I know you watch a lot of football from what you've said. You're going to call these games based on the point spread. And then we're gonna we're gonna see how we all match up. Okay, let's go to the first game we have, and that is the Miami Hurricanes, who we hate, play Clemson. Play Clemson, and where is that game, Kristen? Um, it is in. You gotta know this, um, Kristen. You gotta. It's know in this. Clemson. It's at, okay. it's at Clemson. Okay, it's at it's at, it's at Clemson. Okay, what do you got in this game? Tell us about this game, Kristen. Um, so big time ACC matchup. Um, Clemson has been very disappointing throughout the whole season, in my opinion. Uh, sold a lot of games that I think everyone thought they would have won. So I think this is another occasion 
Uh, I don't think it's lost. Clemson's only lost one game. They haven't played up to their capabilities, though, I would not say. They lost to an unranked Notre Dame team that's now ranked number 20 and had a lot of close calls this year. Um, So, again, I don't think this will be a blowout from the start type of game. Um, Stat-wise, both teams have almost the same offensive and defensive production. Uh, the problem is for Miami, their quarterback Van Dyke is very often on QB. You never know what you're going to get out of him. Is he going to start? Is he ready to go? I think so. I think so. And then, uh, but I think overall, uh, very close first half, but I think Will Shipley of Clemson will give, uh, the Hurricanes problems in the second half. And I think Clemson will cover the spread late in the game. I agree. You can put me down for covering the spread. And, uh, so I agree with, uh, Christian, uh, that Clemson covers the spread and wins this ball game easily. Yep, I agree. I, I, think, uh, in. Okay. I think Will Shipley is going to run all of them, just like Florida State yeah. did. Uh, Miami's a yeah, Miami's a dumpster fire still, and uh, and, uh, and they'll be lucky if Van Dyke makes it through the first quarter. I, I do think they could keep it somewhat close if Van Dyke plays, but if he's not one hundred percent, I don't think he is. I, I think I, I think. Even Clemson could just run the ball down their throat. Yeah, even though Miami had a big win last week. Okay, a big win for them is just. Let's move. Yeah, let's move on to UCLA and USC, which is a classic in-state battle. Back in the day when they were both dominating teams, it was it was a huge game, primetime game. What do you got on this one, Christian? Yeah, so as you said, big time Pac-12 game down in California. It's in Pasadena. USC is favored by 2.5 points, which in my opinion is very close for this game. Uh, again, I think UCLA is a very, very overrated team based on some of their some of their games this year. Um, both as, as normal Pac-12 goes, uh, very high-scoring offensive, not much defense. Both average around 500 yards per game on the offensive side of the ball. Um, one person to highlight for USC is their QB, Caleb Williams. He's out of uh, a WCAC school. Uh, Gonzaga near me. So I've seen him play throughout high school. Uh, I think he's going to be the wow factor in this game. Uh, UCLA also has a very good running back. So that's their wow, wow factor for their offense. Uh, I also think USC has a much better coach than UCLA and rank Lincoln Riley. So I think that will push them over the edge. And I got USC by 14. I think they take care of business down in Pasadena. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'm going to, the spread I, 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 I'm going to pick USC. I think the spread, I think they'll cover that spread. It's two points, I think it was. Go back to your other two chart. And half, two and a half, two and a half. Go back to your other chart. Two and a half. Okay, go back to the other chart. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, USC at two and a half. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm going to take USC in this one. That's Christian, pretty did you have? Uh, you had uh, USC. Yeah. USC. Yeah. I had USC. Yeah, okay. Lincoln Riley's going to, you know, this would be very disappointing if he lost that game. KB, what are you doing on that one? The only toss-up here is that Travis Dye, the USC running back, is out. He got hurt late last week uh, in the game. So that is they, – they were losing their 800-yard running back for USC. Um, so I do think it will be close, uh, but I do think uh, USC has more weapons in this matchup. They're 9-1, so I'm going to take USC even on the road. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you guys. With that, okay, with that small spread. With small okay, spread. let's move on to the next one, which – High school football doesn't have spreads that I'm aware of, but we seem to be betting on everything in this country these days. And this is the PVI game, uh, PVI game, which uh, Christian's part of that PVI uh, 
um, uh, program, football program, has been since you were a freshman, correct? Yes, yes. Okay. And uh, you're playing Carroll High School uh, from uh, D.C., is that correct? Yes, Archbishop Carroll High School. Uh, And this is for the diocese championship there in uh, D.C. or what? Washington Catholic Athletic Conference, which is a big DMV. Powerhouse. Powerhouse. Okay, powerhouse. You get a lot of D1 and and a lot of uh, FBS, FCS players, and even the Division III players come out of this conference and gets a lot of attention by coaches. We know that for sure. Okay, what do you got? What's your breakout on this game? Um, so definitely biggest motivation. And let me wait, 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 let me stop you. And if you pick against your team, your your teammates are not gonna like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um going into this game, I think the biggest motivation coming from a PVI player is we haven't been to a championship since 1999. So we're ready to bring one home back for our home crowd, and that hasn't been done in over 20 years. Um just from like the social media hype, PVI is definitely considered the underdog. Uh, Carol was a ESPN top 100 team to start the year. Um, they definitely have a more star-studded team in terms of recruiting. They have the number nine overall prospect in the country in Nick Harbor. Um, but I think what puts us over the edge is uh, Archbishop Carroll has a lot of problems with penalties, dumb penalties, lack of discipline, stuff like that. Um and overall, I think PBI is just we're more motivated, we're tougher than them, our team morale is much higher than them. Uh, so I think if we stay together as a team, our defense has been winning all our games so far. We don't allow many points. So I think if we stay together as a team, our defense plays like we normally play. Uh, defense wins championships. So PBI by seven, 14 to seven. Wow. Okay. And a, clo- and a close one. And and my, is that my understanding? The game is over at the Naval Academy. Is that correct? In their yeah, stadium there. Yes, wow! Yes, Big time. What time is the game, and what day is it? Uh, Sunday at eleven thirty. Sunday at eleven thirty. Is that going to be on YouTube? Any place people can watch? Uh, we haven't been sent links yet, but I'm sure coming up to the weekend, Friday, yes. Saturday, will be Valley we'll Sports app. All right, that, that's excellent. Okay, that's excellent. Okay, so uh, Christian picks uh, PVI in a close ball game. And let me ask you one question about that. Uh, you guys haven't played in a championship game before. How many, how are you going to handle the jitters of that team? Um, I mean, we, we've met them in the regular season before, so we know what we're coming up against. Uh, it should be no surprise for us. And um, I mean, our, our home student section alone is rated one of the best in the country. So, I mean, our, the hype for games is no surprise to us. So I think we should be just fine. Okay. Excellent. Okay. Christian picks PVI to uh, the PVI Panthers, the PVI Panthers. And, and it's my, it's, it's my understanding. You have a sister, an older sister that goes to the number one FBS team in the country down in Athens, Georgia. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, it is. It is. You want to give her a little shout out on the program here? Yeah, I guess uh, shout out Kayla if you're watching. That's it. That's, that's all I got. That's okay. I got. Well, she's at the number one. My understanding, she was at that big game, Georgia and Tennessee, correct? Yes. Once once in a lifetime game to go see. Wow. 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 She was holding a hot ticket. And I bet you she had a great time. All right. So uh I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with the PVI and the upset here, you know, straight up, you know, score. 
Uh, PVI, I think, is hungry to bring in the furry first championship. I'm going with the PVI Panthers. Uh, great break. If I hit one of those heads, oh, God. let me like, I, let me get my pick out, then you can do more analysis. I'm going to say hunger doesn't win you games. Most of the time, talent and practice, talent oh. development will. I'm going to go with uh, Carol. I think oh, that gosh. that monster on the line, Nicholas Harbor, number 11 player in the country, number 12 player in the country on the edge. They got a plan to issues. stop that guy. I think he's going to be like the Jared verse of Christian's nightmares Ooh. come Sunday. So I, I hope uh, your coach, whatever his name is, is having a game plan of Double how you're going team. to stop him this Double weekend. Team. But that that's the guy that scares me. The guy's it's hard. 41 it's offers, hard. number 12 player in the country on the edge. 6'5", right. 225 in high school. That's that's right. what I that's what would be keeping me up. So don't be intimidated. When you go on that field, Christian, you guys don't be intimidated. I think it'll be close. It'll Both be teams are very good. Both teams are very good. But uh right. and, and did you guys play them early in the season? Uh remind us. Uh we played them towards the end of the season. They were second to last game. Okay. How'd that go? Uh we lost by eight. So okay, I think it will be close. close. That's close. A neutral, neutral field. Very, very close game at, at their field, too. Yeah, so, yeah. this will be neutral field. If you stop him, you keep uh, protect your quarterback, I, I think you guys swing it. But I, I, I'm i going to say Carroll for now. My understanding is you guys don't throw the ball a lot, so it's probably not going to be a factor him standing in the pocket and this guy rushing him, right? Uh, well, we, we run a triple option offense, but we, we got a few uh, – Wrinkles in the game plan to throw out on this week. I, I hope so. I yep. hope so. Yep. All right, let's move on to the final game on the board. The most important game before we close out this program tonight, we got FSU and the Raging Cajuns, and this is the biggest spread of the night, 24 points. Yeah, They are disrespecting the Raging Cajuns. Wow. So, I mean, we're, that's we're their biggest that's game Caesar's by sports world. Okay, 24 points. Christian, what do you got on this? Uh, so as you said, largest spread of the night, 24 points. Uh, FSU overall is just on paper the better team. Um, coming off of huge wins versus uh, Syracuse and Miami with huge margins. Um, but again, Louisiana is not a team to just look over, can't play down to their level. Uh, they have a few uh, semi-big wins versus decent teams this year, such so 36-17 versus Georgia Southern who's kept it close with a few teams over the year. And then a 23-13 win over Marshall, who's had some upsets such as Notre Dame. Um, so definitely not a team to overlook. They have nothing to lose, just beat us. So I say it, it's a little close in the first half, not what we're thinking, but FSU just rolls over them in the second half. 45-14 uh, FSU cover the spread. Mm, wow. Okay. Uh, I'm going to agree with Christian on a lot of his analysis there. I think Florida State's going to take. They're going to get maximum effectiveness out of the possessions that they have. They're going to they're going to convert points on seventy five to eighty percent of their possessions, like they did uh, the last few weeks, last couple of weeks. You know where they're taking the ball down. They're getting points. Their red zone, uh, their red zone uh, conversions are actually getting better. Uh, they're still ranked ninety seventh nationally. Uh, they're converting at 79% of their red zone conversions at this place, at, at this point of the season. I think they've also, they're disciplined enough. Uh, they're not going to turn the ball over a lot. They're going to, uh, Jordan Travis is going to make some good reads in, in his passing game. They're going to, uh, 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 
the Cajuns are going to have to come up to stop the run. They're going to stack the box, and then the ball's going to go over the top. Florida State covers this game and probably wins by about 30. Yeah, I, I think uh, to Christian's point, uh, you know, uh, Louisiana doesn't have a tough schedule, but they beat Marshall, who's beat some teams. But Florida State, by and far, is, is their toughest game of the last 20 games that they've played uh, over two seasons. So um, I think they'll be hyped to come into this game to show what they have. And like you said, they have nothing to lose and everything they gain. They can gain a bowl game spot if they win this game, all that stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, I think this is a different Florida State team than the team that lost to Jackson State. Um, I think they have a better offensive line. They can dominate the trenches. The team that wins the trenches normally wins the game. Florida State's been playing clean football. I think they'll stick with the running game. They won't have. They won't force themselves to have to pump the ball down the field with long passes, stuff like that. They'll just rely, lean on the passing game, lean on that line, chunk play after chunk play, control the time of possession. It may not be pretty, but I think they'll they'll win by twenty four uh, by the end of the game. I don't by any means. I don't think it'll be a blowout in conventional terms of thirty plus. But I think they'll just lean on the line run the ball, run the ball, open up the pass game here and there, but I don't think they'll be forced to have to do anything crazy. The only the only thing I could flip this game, though, if if you they get sloppy, they fumble on the line, stuff like that that we saw early in the season, that's the only way I think this game stays close. If you fumble it, beat yourself early, keep this game. And, and that's the only factor, too, is this is a team that has a healthy quarterback. The last two or three weeks, we've we played three teams, Syracuse, Miami, Georgia Tech, that was missing their starting quarterback. So this is a team – Granted, lower caliber team, we may say, uh, but they do have a starting caliber offense or quarterback that's going to operate their offense to full efficiency. So it's up to us to not beat ourselves, bring the game plan, um, and dominate from the first quarter on in all phases. I, th so. I think the other big factor in this game that they're not used to is the crowd noise. I don't think it'll be I, that crowded. It, it, <laughs> It'll be that crap. Well, that's sad. That's I, I'm not saying, I'm that will be something to talk about yeah. if it's not. I think it should be uh, probably seventy-five percent capacity. Now, the the problem is a noontime kickoff sucks. Those games suck, and and but they the fans should be out there to support the team. I think there'll be at least seventy percent fill rate, and uh, the Knolls will roll in this one. And that's a 70% fill rate is bigger than the average crowd for the raging Cajuns, which I think their last game was like 11,000. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Now, and, and, and so we should flip up. Well, I don't know why you took down that Jody, the comment from that Jody, take any comment. You, down. you took it down. It, it was a challenge to KB. If PVI wins, you will do a, a chug on the Louisiana hot sauce. No, no. You took down the Jody one. There okay. is no, there is no Jody comment. No, I saw it. So you're there saying it was no in my Jody head? Comments. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh you're sorry. That's the Joe. one right there. That's the one right there. I'm sorry. That's the one right there. And B Riley. Okay, so he's he's turned that down. Uh, B Riley has it at what? What did B Riley? I don't know. You told me to turn it down. No, no. Put B Riley back up. B Riley, fifty-two to six. I don't know. That seems a little strong. But if all the cylinders are clicking, B. Riley, you could be right. Hey, Christian, we thank you for uh, being on the program tonight. And we do wish you and the PVI Panthers from Ashburn, Virginia, the very best in your battle against Carroll High School uh, this weekend. And if you guys do pull off the upset, Christian, I will do the hot sauce challenge live on air. Right. So if you guys pull off the upset in Annapolis, we'll have I'll you do, back on. I'll do the Sounds challenge. Good. Sounds good. Good luck. Good luck All this right, weekend. Man. Good luck. Thank you for having me. Okay. Have a good one. Have a good one.
Thanks for following us, man. Thanks for following us. We appreciate all our loyal subscribers and viewers, not only on Twitter, but also here. Uh, doubt me at your peril. I love this guy. Uh, we, we appreciate all our loyal followers and subscribers, Twitter, here, Instagram. Uh, we, we have the podcast out there. Uh, and so, listen, we're a fan perspective, much like the uh, the Ragin' uh, uh, Review. Uh, we're trying to give you what we feel as fans. Uh, we don't have the access. I don't think we need the access. We get plenty of access to get our opinions together. And we try to have fun on the show as well. We love the, your interaction, questions, comments, and uh, get the word out there. And uh, let's, let, let's keep this program running. I believe the climb is real. I think we have some stones to cover, but we can't let down against a program like Louisiana. Okay, this is no disrespect to them. Uh, they are a program at a different level than where we should be. Okay, and I think they're going to come in. They're going to play hard, but I think we will wear them down, as KB already explained, and I don't need to go back through. Okay. So let's get out. Let's support the Knowles, and uh, let's not be looking ahead. We don't look ahead to anybody. We're always seeing, already seeing bold projections. You know, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And the last thing I have for tonight, and then I'll turn it over to you, KB, is shout out to a couple award nominees, nominees. And that is uh, quarterback uh, Jordan Travis, a semifinalist now, for the Davey O'Brien Quarterback Award for the best college quarterback. Uh, uh, he is one of 21 nominees, so there's some stiff competition there. Uh, Dagby says, yo, great to have you always a Dagby. Uh, and then the offensive coordinator, Alex Atkins, is a nominee for the 2022 season Broyles Award, which is for the nation's top assistant coach. He's one of 51. So very stiff competition. But just to get nominated is a big deal. So congratulations to both of them for the nominee. And KB, I don't have anything else. Yep, I think that that's great. Like you said, congrats to uh, – I think Dylan Gibbons also got named to another award tonight. I don't know if you uh, uh, mentioned I, that. No, uh, I didn't mention named it. To, uh, yeah, it was just announced, I think, uh, today, uh, this afternoon, to the Jason Witten Award semifinalist oh. list. Oh, nice. Uh, I didn't so, see that. Yeah, yeah, that was just today. So, um, yeah. so yeah, he's he's raking in the, or he's getting added to a lot of these lists, which is great. So, hopefully, um, they can continue – all, all, all players on this team, not just the ones that are getting recognition, uh, can continue to play hard, play fast, execute the game plan, because that's how this thing works. Um, we may not have the most talented team in the in the nation or in the ACC, but you know when everyone does their job, sticks to the game plan, and and, and is playing fast like they are, I, I they play better than the stars would indicate. So um, I'm happy about it. Uh, like you said, don't overlook Louisiana. And let me let me finish them down, and we win. Let's, let me finish with a lightning finish here. We're guaranteed second place in the division. I know in in our division, the ACC, I know people don't care about that. But you know what? Here's what is important, and this is what Coach Novera says. This is another season of growth and development, and we have seen that. We have seen that. But you got to finish out this. We have this seen season. that. I understand you, that. Yeah, you got to finish. I, I, the fan base is buying into Coach Norvell, and if you're buying in, then you need to, we need to follow this team to the end. And, and, and the practices, they had good practices this week. And one note of interest, it looks like they're trying to get a redshirt season for Duffy, 
quarterback A.J. Duffy and Rodney Hill. That's why you're not seeing them even in the in the in the blowouts. You, you, yeah, you know, they're you, trying to you, make sure yeah. that they hold them back a little bit. Yeah. So, so they, they could probably tell you two more games in the last three. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, you may see them in the in against Florida or, or in the bowl yeah. game. But yeah, that's a good call. So uh, yeah, thank you all for the time. Again, like the video uh, if you're watching live or, or later on demand. Uh, leave a comment, uh, like the video, subscribe if you haven't, share it on Twitter. We appreciate all the the time and support y'all give us. Uh, as always, uh, either one or both of us will be here for the live reaction on Saturday at about three o'clock after after hopefully a victory. Um, but regardless, win or lose, uh, we'll be here uh, with a live reaction, uh, maybe short, maybe long. We never know, depending on how we're feeling. Uh, but join us uh, on Saturday at three o'clock if you have some time, or watch it later on in the day because it'll always be available here on YouTube. So uh, we'll see you on Saturday. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. Have a great rest of your week, and stay safe. And we'll see you soon, guys. Take care. See you later. Bye, guys.